Hello and welcome. Elizabeth Lockwood here. I'm your host for Mile Long Trace, where we unpack the process of practicing commercial interior design. This podcast is a catalyst to elevate you as a commercial interior designer, to make you resilient and successful at your career by unpacking the facets of the design process, elevating your professional practice through organizational dynamics tips, celebrating emerged practitioners through a series of candid interviews so that you can hear how they navigated their career path, and lastly, creating a Q&A platform to build quality professional resources. In the end, I want you to feel supported in your role as a commercial interior designer so that you can be successful in your career. As passionate designers, we want to elevate the commercial interior design industry by providing credible resources to support emerging practitioners. In order to keep this content accessible, Mylong Trace is seeking industry partners and sponsors to grow this platform. Industry sponsors and partners that are passionate about supporting, influencing, and advancing commercial interior design. Mylong Trace is offering annual and a la carte sponsorship. More information and to contact us, go to MileLongTrace.com. Generous sponsorship dollars support the future of commercial interior design by building a stronger community, knowledge base, and attrition at firms and an industry at large. All right, so as we unpack this week's episode on Mile Long Trace, I wanted to give you a little peek into what we'll be talking about. And so the four areas that I'll be looking at in this 20-minute episode will be the relevance of acronyms in the architectural community, the history of acronyms, and how we um, use those terms historically and then how we use them currently, doing an ARCA slang acronym challenge where you'll have to listen to actually find out more about that. And the last one is really unpacking our role as interior designers and how it relates to the use of acronyms and how we work with design teams and serve our clients. So here it goes. I think I'm drawn to use naughty by nature because for some reason, the OPP, yeah, you know me, really stands out in my mind as an excessive use of acronyms. And we won't go into the terminology of what OPP means, but I think it's a great way for us to start off this podcast and looking at how silly and ridiculous maybe and how exacerbated our industry has gotten with using acronyms. And is it really appropriate? And how often should we be using them? So what is up with all the acronyms? Has anyone else noticed that, that you are either sitting on a conference call, you're working with a team, maybe you're reading an email, and all you see or hear is a plethora of acronyms used. And I'm sure maybe you felt like me where you've at times wondered, what are they even talking about? What What's the, the answer to those terms that they're getting after? And so I thought it was appropriate to uncover and dig into the use of acronyms in the profession and look at the history of them. Really started to question why we use them and was wondering if um, it's out of laziness. I sometimes wonder if it's trying to be cool and throwing in as many as possible to make your colleagues think you know what you're talking about. Maybe you don't even know. Maybe it's supposed to cut down on the billable time to quicken our time when we're writing emails. Is it to try to trick our clients, which I'm sure we're not trying to do, but I'm really just wondering, like, why do we use so many acronyms and what's the benefits and the kind of the pros and cons of them? 
As I was preparing for this week's podcast, I couldn't help but find acronyms everywhere I look. It's like when I was little and playing a slug bug game with my little brother. You know, the game where you try to find as many Volkswagen Beetles driving down the road as possible. And every time you find one, you sock your brother in the arm. Okay, so maybe playing Teslas nowadays because Volkswagens aren't as common. Or maybe it's not PC anymore to sock your brother in the arm. Anyhow, I'm sure... You can resonate with me. The more evidence you seem to find when you're looking for something, it's the universe starts to show it to you. And so this week when I was thinking about acronyms, I started to ponder um, and found a ton of evidence everywhere. In one email this last week, I ran across 11 acronyms in a paragraph talking about the scope of work and project phase. This to me seemed absolutely absurd that architectural simplification can be even included in the subject heading, not even including the signatures of um, all the NCARB, AIA, ASID, IIDA, and CIDQ, all the acronyms that might come up in your signature, um, that I actually found 11 of them in one paragraph. And honestly, I think there probably could have been 20 or so if I'd counted the full email. So this email was titled with a client and acronym and property acronyms, which makes sense so that all the design teams knows what um, we're, you know, referencing and talking about, which by the way, the design team should use all the same project codes. I've really found multiple times on projects, our project code acronym is different from the consultant and subconsultants design team acronyms. And So you have to end up having a cheat sheet even to keep your projects straight. All right. Anyways, uh, going back to the main body of the email, as we're kicking off this project, we were engaging with our consultants and inquiring about when we should be beginning our scope of work. And some standard language or acronyms came back up in the email with the expectations of this project should go through DD, CD, we should be using BIM, building information modeling all those types of things. And so that seemed pretty straightforward. Um, In particular with this client or this project type, we also use CD1, CD3. And I'm still honestly baffled as to the relationship or difference between the drawing preparation between CD1 and CD3. It just seems like you get an extra kind of chance before it goes to the final. And so as I'm reading through this email, we're talking about when we should engage with using BIM, which is Revit. um, And I started to chuckle to myself at the last sentence. And here's how it read. We are in IDR review and your deliverable isn't required until the IFC commission per the SOW Appendix A matrix. WTF, I thought. Having three acronyms in one sentence, what am I supposed to do with this information? I need a cryptic kind of way to interpret this to even understand and grasp at. So really... This started to get me to think about when should we be using acronyms? What's the appropriateness of them when we're trying to communicate something quickly to someone? How can we save time? But are we really saving time when somebody has to go and look back up that information to remind themselves what IDR, IFC, and SOW mean? What is the history of acronyms? According to our good old Wikipedia dictionary, in the 1950s, the use of acronyms took a large leap. However, it wasn't until the 20th century that they became a mainstream written resource, and rarely are words initially created to be used as acronyms. Acronyms refer to a word or a name formed as an abbreviation derived from the original word or phrase. Historically speaking, acronyms were used in Rome, B.C., before the Christian era, the official name of the Roman Empire, and the Republic before it was abbreviated as SPQR. Apparently, in the Hebrew language, 
They have a history of using acronyms to describe the Hebrew. The Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, was composed from three major sections of the of five books of Moses, prophets, and the writing. So there we're starting to see some acronyms come up, but it really wasn't until the 19th um, century that acronyms became more mainstreamed and trends spread through the American and European business communities, abbreviating corporation names such as Railroad cars, Richmond, Fredericks, and Potomac Railroad are RF and P on the sides of barrels and crates. During the mid to late 19th century, acronyms became more trendy and mainstream throughout the United States and Europe. Um, starting with railroad cars, RF and P, we're starting to see AT&T, the American Telephone and Telegraph Company, Nabisco, which is a national biscuit company, Esso, which is um, an oil company, Sunco, Sun Oil Company. You know, we're starting to see them really pop up through commerce and business communities. Or in the case of the 90s, when Naughty by Nature created the song OPP, uh, you know me lyrics. So fast forwarding now to current use. So in the 21st century, acronyms are used often to abbreviate names of organizations long or frequently referenced terms, which would make the case for the abundance of MOD, ASR, RFP, IFC, all those different acronyms that we see in our industry. As I was digging in and researching the history of acronyms, it surfaced that jargon is a key player in the meaning of acronyms, such as a context of using EQ, TOP, UNO. So anyways, how the context of the acronyms must be provided to give context and the sense of relevance in order for one to even minimally grasp the acronyms. So I think that's a really good point to bring up that it's important to have context, right? Not knowing EQ, for example, if you're not looking at a set of construction drawings may not make sense. So really thinking about when you do use acronyms, is the context appropriate? Is it within some confines and relationships so that people can make those connections? Um, so if I say EQ, TYP, and CPT out of context, one might understand what I'm saying. But if I'm referring to a set of construction documents and I'm writing TYP or TIP next to a detail, then there's a closer chance the acronym will be understood. So it seems to be an industry standard that we usually include definitions of acronyms used in a set of construction drawings, right? And we usually always put those at the beginning of the project. So if anyone is unclear with the um, jargon we're using, that usually they can reference back to that. So I'm really starting to wonder what's the courtesy we need to include when we're working with design teams and using acronyms in emails that are kind of outside of that construction drawing set that are talking about project phasing or project codes and things like that. Are we really making sure that there's some area we can go back and reference to? that describes what um, those acronyms are referring to. Okay, guys, did you know about backronyms? Backronyms actually exist. Wow. I'd never even honestly heard about those before until I started digging into this topic and preparing for the podcast. So I guess I was spending too much time really not fully grasping the difference between acronyms and backronyms. So if you're like me, you didn't realize they existed. Here's that definition. So backronyms, according to Richard um, Nordquist from Thought Co., is a backronym is a reverse acronym, an expression that has been formed from the letters of an existing word or name, such as SAD, aka Seasonal Affective Disorder, right? As I read more and did some more research, even SCUBA is an acronym because it stands for Self-Contained Underwater Breathing Apparatus. 
In contrary, GOLF, G-O-L-F, like we know the sport, is a backronym. If you think, it stands for Gentlemen Only Ladies Forbidden. However, most of us probably don't think that way. So backronyms, not to be confused with acronyms, were created in the 1980s and peaked in 2010. So maybe they're starting to fade out. So what's the difference between texting slang and abbreviations? So using acronyms appears to be a slippery slope, as we've found in the digital world, where shorthand for texting and or quick emails is a social norm. I think we should question if it should be a professional norm as well. SMS, text speak, or texting language is a slang commonly used for digital communication, such as texting via phone, interoffice, instant message, those types of forms of communication that we use. The early adoption of acronyms being used for digital communication was encouraged due to the capacity of character limit. So really thinking back to that pre-phone, iPhone texting era, right? Remember those little phones that we had where you could only have a certain amount of characters? So that was kind of when it became popular was it was a convenience, not only a convenience, but it was a way for us to be able to communicate and get everything we needed to into one message. Another reason for the convenience and accessibility of responding is also allowed allowed us to quickly add emotion to your thought. How did you tell someone you were laughing over AOL? Remember, instant messaging or chat rooms? You had to quickly get the point across by throwing in an LOL or JK. Remember those days? I started to think about how many acronyms we used in the industry. I thought it would be interesting to see how many I could think up and pack into one minute. So here I go. I'm going to attempt to keep these to categories so that you have a relationship for each. As we stated before, you have to have some context. So I'm going to group them into context. Um, within categories, and then see how many I can roll through in one minute. So starting with the first phase of design, ASR, RFP, MOD, SOW, SD, DD, JPEG, TIFF, RFA, RVT, DWG, PDF, AI, PSD, CD, BE, QAQC, FF&E, AFF, RCP, TYP, EQ, TOP, AL, CPT, OC, CSI, COM, CA versus CO, ASI, CO, OAC, OFCI, RFP, CALCS, CFL, LM, LPD, FC, CRI, ROI, RWI, UL, EPA, ASTM, ANSI, IOS, or ISO, NFPA, HPD, EPD, EPA, ASID, IIDA, NCIDQ, IDC, CIDQ, NKBA, HBA, and AND. All right, so there was, that was a minute and honestly a tongue twister of trying to rattle all those off. Um, So my curiosity is how many of those you were able to answer and were familiar with and which ones you were unsure of. Um, So If you weren't sure of any of them, check out our show notes page where I have listed definitions for all of those. Um, So probably a handful of you out there are really wondering, like, what's that role of our interior designers? And, And that was probably only a handful of the thousands that are honestly out there that we use in projects. I didn't get into any that were really specific to the email that I'd listed earlier. And those project codes, I tried to use general ones in that one minute jargon. But um, hopefully that gave you guys some exposure to all the acronyms that I think we commonly use. And again, those will be in the show notes page and we'll have definitions for those for you. 
So as we start to wrap things up, I really wanted to unpack what is the role as um, us as interior designers and wrapping that into the conversation in relationship to the use of acronyms. So looking at what our role is as a designer, one might consider what and how we're trying to communicate information. After reading Board and Vellum's blog, which is an awesome one to look at, um, on architectural acronyms, he reminded me that we are not only in the role of developing design, but we're also communicating that, right? We're not only business people, we're psychologists, we are all these different things as a designer. And one of those that is really important is being able to communicate things. That's to the A&D and the OAC team. Oh, wait, right. Architectural and design community and the owner architect, along with the consultants, such as engineers or specialists, colleagues, contractors, subcontractors, architectural representatives, you know, that list goes on all the people we interact with. And that we as designers might want to consider how we are communicating our vision to others. All right, so I started to think about, okay, what side of the fence do I land on? Is it that we as quote, professionals, are um, trying to cram as many acronyms into a drawing set or into specifications or into an email to communicate with our design teams? Or are we really trying to use some restraint? That might be looking at this from a fresh perspective, um, really thinking about it from a fresh set of eyes that there's some that are maybe okay to use because everybody on the design team knows what you're talking about. But there's also ones such as even RCP, Reflected Ceiling Plan, sometimes used in front of clients and they're sitting there scratching their head like, what is she talking about, right? So really using that lens of who are you in front of, how familiar are they with those terms, I think is important to keep in mind. So instead of putting up barriers in your communication, you're trying to meet the team where they're at. And I think that's a really good one to think about for a lot of different realms is meeting people where they're at and then bringing them forward. So maybe the first couple times you introduce them to the term RCP as reflected ceiling plan. And then as you're walking through the drawings sets, you're starting to show them what has been developed in the reflected ceiling plan. You might use that acronym and clarify that for them. And which further exacerbates when we really start to think about that communication barrier that we just have in general on design projects and thinking about if we're, we have a global background difference, we have typology difference, natural pattern differences or regions that we put in that might be different from the rest of our design team is all of those can play a factor into our um, communication and can further kind of break things down on projects. So it's something I think that we want to really be cognitive of. So basically, in summary, make your job easier. VE, value engineer acronyms from your ARCA slang language, right? And be a little bit more cognitive of how you're communicating. So to bring this full circle, I really question our professional role in the use of acronyms. In order to serve our clients, it seems we ethically should be communicating to our fullest ability. I'm sure many of you have witnessed the moment when communication breaks down between team members, our client or contractors, and we've had multiple cases where, well, that written email was misunderstood, right? I'm sure you've had that where you had to even fight to get a team to come together on phone or in person to realign perspectives. And imagine putting all that ARCA slang acronyms into the mix. That seems like a recipe to me. So as I sit on these massive conference calls with design teams across the country, Some of the key players use acronyms after acronyms to explain the project phases and phases we're in. And in particular, the case where acronyms are specific to the project type and are not typical ones you can Google after the fact, um, my colleagues and I are often left scrambling to jot down as many terms as possible and then 
usually we try to come back together and patch that story together. I mean, in some of these massive complex projects, these acronyms can be for each building, each project phase, each drawing submittal, and they can be completely foreign and different than what um, AIA has established or kind of what we industry know as standards. So Lord, honestly, my head just starts to spin thinking of all this. In closing, I challenge you to sound cool and impress your colleagues by using as many acronyms in one sentence as possible. Actually, I'm joking here, but be serious, be conscious about how and when you use acronyms. Make sure to define the acronym if you're using it in front of your clients or consultants. Double check you're not using an acronym that might have another meaning to it, especially if it's one that might be unprofessional or inappropriate. And try to avoid falling in the pitfall of ARCA slang when possible. Just because others are doing it doesn't mean you should, right? If you're curious about the meaning of the architectural acronyms I've listed or other ones that might be out there, head on over to our show notes where you can find additional resources. So for this week's challenge, I encourage you to go over to Mile Long Trace Instagram feed and respond to this podcast post and add any design acronyms, uh, maybe a couple, that you've found in the industry and we can start to continue to build that list as a community. If you have any great war stories about using acronyms, total misfails, I would love, love, love to hear those. So please feel free to email me at elizabeth at myalungtrace.com. And above all, don't let acronyms pull you down. Keep on designing. Have a great day, y'all. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want more, please spread the love and subscribe to this podcast. You can find supporting information in the show notes for this episode on milelongtrace.com. If you're itching to have a question answered about the interior design profession, visit our website to contact me. Don't forget to follow Trace on Instagram to stay in the know. Hey, share this with your friends to grow this platform so that we can continue to provide you kick-ass information that is relevant to you and your profession. Till next time, keep designing, y'all.